In this episode, the popular travel blogger who caught coronavirus, the hotel chain doing its bit to comfort us, and why location is no longer important when it comes to accommodation. Welcome to the new World Nomads podcast. We'll be keeping you up to date with travel alert and sharing some uplifting news and views to inspire you and keep you smiling. Hi, it's Kim and Phil with you. Matt Kipnis, Phil, has been an inspiration to thousands of travellers as Nomadic Matt. So it came as a shock to us in the travel industry when he was diagnosed with coronavirus. That chat shortly, but Phil, have you got some travel headlines? Of course I do, Kim. Look, Doubletree by Hilton has unveiled its recipe for their famous chocolate chip cookies. I've actually had one of those. I've stayed in a Doubletree by Hilton. They're not bad, I have to say. Uh, And look, they're saying in these anxious times, a cookie can bring a moment of comfort and happiness. And an extra extra layer on the hips. We've spoken a lot about virtual tours. And if you're into street art, you can explore the stories behind the art with audio guided tours and online exhibitions from around the world offered by the Google Cultural Institute. Uh, That other giant of tech, Apple, has launched a tool that reveals how our behavior is changing around travel. And it's using its Maps app and it covers major cities and national figures for 63 different countries. So what's the point of that? Is that to let governments know that people are doing the right thing? Yeah, I think so as well. That You know, like if you have a look at the graph they've got, you can see that, you know, use of public transport and driving and walking is way down, which, you know, you can only from that infer that people are staying at home as they should. Good one. Now, speaking of technology, in an episode coming up, how they're using it in South Korea amid the pandemic. But in the travel world, he's known as Nomadic Matt, an award-winning writer and founder of TravelCon. So it came as a shock when he was diagnosed with coronavirus. Yeah, look, World Nomads Head of America's Christina Tunner caught up with him. Uh, post-diagnosis, we have to say, and they kept their distance <laughs> to find out how he is. I'm good. You know, I am now 12 days out of... Sim- I'm symptom-free for 12 days, so... I mean that that's pretty good. Uh, means um, I'm okay. Do, do you have a sense when you look back, because you you are always on the road of of potentially where you might have been exposed? Yeah, they say the average time is about six days from contact with to infection to symptoms. Um, so my guess is that it's probably New York. So you know, and that's unexpected too. Um, I think a lot of a lot of especially in the early days, a lot of travelers or people paying attention to the story, which is the whole world, might have been surprised at, at that. But obviously now in hindsight, it might not be so surprising that it was New York. Was there anything when you think back about that potential that you think, oh, maybe, maybe I could have done that differently? I mean, clearly at some point I messed up. Um, I was trying to be really conscious. Like I didn't shake anyone's hands. Uh, I was always purelling and washing my hands even more so than I normally do. But at some point, you know, I must've just touched something, you know, touched my face. Um, I mean like, ah, oh, you know, messed up, you know, because yeah. I mean, you touch your face so often, you don't really know. And having a mask really showed me how often I, I touch my face. But so there's probably some time where I was on the subway and I just picked it up. And I think that's, um, you know, it's true for so so many people. You don't know how often you touch your face until you you, you realize 
I'll like, you have a mask on and you're like, you keep touching the mask. And you're like, oh yeah, I really touch my face so often. Um, how have you gotten ill before on the road and, and how do you, what's your typical health routine or the rituals that you take when you're on the road? And um, I've gotten sick on, on the road before, mostly I had the flu once in Spain. Uh, that was terrible. I also got sick in Romania too. That was also terrible. Um, but a lot of just foodborne stuff, you know, I have a sensitive stomach. So I end up getting usually like food illnesses, um, more than anything else. Um, I try to be conscious about washing my hands and using Purell. And I think after this, I, I probably will be even more conscious. And I think if anything comes from this, I feel like the world itself will be a lot more conscious of hand sanitizing and germs. Um, so that will be good all around because, you know, if everybody's conscious of germs, we reduce the likelihood that someone's going to spread it from A to B because they're washing their hands more. Do you think that when people take to the skies again and on the road that there will be a change in traveler behaviors or even in your own in terms of will you curtail certain things that you do or how, how do you think that you'll kind of parse through all of this in your future travels? I, I would say one thing like for me personally, I will probably bring more wipes with me to wipe down public counters as well as airplane seats. But you think about it. I know, I know I think about it when I'm on a plane. I do wonder, I'm like, oh, what was on this tray before I put my sandwich on it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen some pretty gross trays. I actually, I'm a nervous flyer. Uh, so we had some turbulence once and I grabbed the, I the seat. And I was like, what am I touching? And someone had stuck gum on the hand rest, like on the bottom side. And I was like, oh, well, that's gross. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like a good benefit to be that maybe people will just be less gross um, in general as we as we realize just how how widespread germs can you know and how easily transmittable they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a heightened consciousness across the board. How have you been spending your time? I have been reading a lot of books. I spend way too much time on Twitter. You know, I've been writing a lot. You know, I being home and 24 seven has really allowed me to sort of catch up on a lot of website maintenance and article updates that, you know, I had been delaying for a while. So that really kept me busy for the first few weeks. Uh, now I've just been reading a lot, catching up on movies. You know, you'd be surprised. Like the days pass pretty quickly. I mean, it's already noon and you know, it's like, wow, halfway through my day. And then I haven't been able to go outside, you know, because of the whole have a coronavirus thing, but I'm finally allowed to go outside now. This week, I do plan to go for a walk and start taking regular walks like an hour a day. And will you, will you, how will you, will you walk differently? Will you have a face mask? Is that mandated by local ordinances or are you feeling, you're probably feeling a little sensitive to uh, passing something on that might be residual or how, how will you go about your, your outdoor life? Well, they don't really have any mandated uh, laws for masks. Here, but I have one that I thankfully still have when I went to Taiwan. Um, so I'll use that mask that I got from Taiwan when I go around, uh, at least for the time being, because you know it's not good forever. But um, I will generally stay away from people. Um, yep. 
I, I've been symptom free for long enough that I, I no longer think I'm contagious. Um, but I think for the, you know, everybody is social distancing. So, you know, I'll avoid people and they'll avoid me. And now I've, I found that I've actually spoken and video chatted with more people, friends that I haven't been in touch with for years, let alone months. And it's been a really interesting positive side effect of all of this is that I do feel actually that I've rekindled a lot of my friendships. Have you had a similar type of reconnection with folks? Yeah, I've been uh, Zoom chatting with people a lot and calling people a lot. Probably have a Zoom call once or twice a day with friends uh, in the evening. So, and in, in, in just texting tons and tons of people. You know, clearly the, the, the travel industry is in a free fall, very comprehensive travel bans and quarantines impacting everybody. How has it impacted you, your site, whether it be sponsorships, ad rev, or affiliate earnings? How, how are you pivoting to weather this? Well, I mean, we've seen a drop in everything from traffic, which is probably down 80, 85%. I, I just stopped looking. It was so bad. Um, at this point, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Um, to new email signups are down, uh, into revenue to being down, you know, basically mm-hmm. like 90 90 something percent. Um, I mean, I, I just stopped looking. I mean, at this point it, it, it just doesn't matter anymore. You yeah. know, nobody is booking their travels since this all kind of fell off the cliff around like March 11, 12. I think I've had like five people use my, uh, hostel affiliate booking affiliate link, you know I mean? And a lot of programs have just completely shut down. You know what I mean? Momondo has shut down. Kayak has shut down. Who else? This tour company in New Zealand has shut down. And so a lot of the programs are just, you know, they're just not even doing sales. I mean, you know, looking at where we're doing right now for insurance, I had sold one World Nomads policy in six days in April. So, yep. I mean, you know, yep. everything is just, everything's just on hold. You just got to, ride out the storm until probably June when people start booking again and just be ready to welcome everybody back. Now you mentioned hostel booking, but I, it also triggers the thought of you have a hostel in Austin, don't you? Uh, yes, we do. We're shut down. So through May. When you start up again, will there be new operate operational changes that you that you'll make to how you run it in terms of, you know, maintaining or assuaging any fears that a guest might have around being in a public space? Um, as a small hostel, I mean, you only have like 15 beds. It's pretty, it's pretty easy. I don't think people are too worried. You know, our, our dorms are pretty small too, but we have a volunteer staff and we scrub down the hostel top to bottom every day um, already. So I think we'll, I think seeing that makes it easier. I think maybe we'll do more cleans um, and have hand sanitizer available as well as, you know, just wipes around. Um, but we probably won't make too many changes simply because we were already mopping, wiping things down, cleaning, changing beds, um, changing sheets and, you know, towels every day. Um, I, I wanted to turn to your audience as well. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about you, your business, but uh, what are you hearing from your readers? Um, you know, they're mostly just at home uh, waiting it out. You know, when it comes to travel, you know, right now they're, they're reading a lot of books and, and looking for inspiration to keep that wanderlust going. But, you know, they're really, nobody wants to book travel anymore, even for fall. I, I think the biggest fear is how long will this last? 
as everybody comes out of this, our country is going to let people back in right away? Or am I going to need some sort of documentation that I'm COVID free? And so I think the uncertainty around that is, is what's keeping people from even booking travel in the late summer in the fall. And so, you know, you're obviously keeping an eye on everything. You're you're voraciously absorbing all the different information sources that are going to help you with with your thinking and how you how you advise your readers. I mean, what how do you advise? Are you advising caution? What kind of counsel and at what time do you think you feel comfortable to start encouraging travel again? Yeah, I, I've told people that I would probably start looking at where things are mid-May. I mean, there are some rumors coming out of Europe right now that you know that I've been reading where some places are already talking about slowly unlocking at the end of the month. But I think by mid-May, you'll get a real sense of how things are going to unfold and then you can start booking your travel. But I, I mean, I, I think right now, while countries are in lockdown, there's really nothing you can do. Thanks, Matt and Christina. And to Matt's point, Phil, about cleanliness, yep. which he really honed in on, Singapore has launched a scheme to audit hotels nationwide and give them a clean bill of health. But they've got to meet seven criteria, and that includes where feasible and applicable, have processes in place to check temperatures and look out symptoms of tenants contractors and suppliers. So forget about location, location, location. It's how clean, how clean, how clean. Look, in our next episode, we met a man who started a business, speaking of hotels, recycling hotel soap to give to disadvantaged communities. And look, if you've got a story on travel, please do get in touch at podcast.worldnomads.com. Bye. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.